Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of Payne County, Oklahoma, you have tuned in to another episode of Pastors of Payne. I'm here with Father Kerry Wakulich, pastor of St. John Catholic Student Center. That's me! In Stillwater, Oklahoma. You'll find him on the campus of Oklahoma State University. I'm Father Brian O'Brien, pastor of St. Francis Xavier Catholic Church. And I want to tell you something, Father. I'm going to tell you something. Are you ready? Wait, uh, you, wait. You, I'm going to tell you something. Wait, can I, can I guess? You're never going to guess this. Yeah, I'm never going to. You're getting moved. Oh, come on, no. Uh, I'm getting moved. I just got here. Oh. No, We're don't, both we should moved. don't. Let's not start that. Okay, well. I'll just say a word about the rumor mill uh, of Stillwater. It's a small town. When, when I was at uh, Bishop Kelly High School, you know, it's a, you know, it's kind of a small school with 900 students or so. And yeah. There was this, uh, it was known as the, the Kelly Grapevine. And that was like some rumor would start. And, uh-huh. uh, and I, I, I think the same thing is true here in, in Stillwater. Um, and this, we see this a lot with uh, what you and I like to eat. <laughs> so there was this one time, I'll just tell the quick story. We, <laughs> we, were at, we were over, Father Carrie and I were both over at the, this family's house. And it was kind of this big dinner. It was nice. And there was, there was like so many options to choose from. I mean, there were probably, my guess is probably 12 different kinds of food. Uh, I mean, there was kind of a meat course. There was vegetables and all kinds. So anyway, we're sitting there at dinner, and the, the asparagus, the asparagus comes around. And I, I'm looking at my plate, and I'm like, I have plenty to eat right here. And so I take the asparagus, and I pass it on. I don't know, two weeks later, three weeks later, I'm somewhere, and... Uh, Someone says, um, Father O'Brien, do you what um what do you guys like to eat? And there was somebody who happened to be at that dinner also standing right there, and they said, Oh, he hates asparagus. And you like asparagus. And I was like, What? Oh no, he totally hates asparagus. And then somebody else was there and they're like, Yeah, he does. He hates asparagus. I'm standing right there. I don't hate asparagus. Um, On that particular night, I didn't have any because there were all these other things to eat. Anyway, rumor mill goes out far and wide that I do not like asparagus. But you do. I do. I mean, I, I don't like order it at restaurants, but I'll eat it. Yeah. Anyway, and I think um, I think you um, are not helping it, Father. <laughs> I think, because because I tell I think people- sometimes you t- you tell people like like I don't really like I don't like onions that much. Like if I go out to a restaurant or like if and it, and I can get. Yeah, the other a couple weeks ago we went out and we got sushi, and I ordered it, and I think you had seen that it had onions on it, and I didn't notice that, and you said, "Do you want? Are you sure you want onions?" And and then I got it without onions. Yeah. Anyway, but I I started a rumor that you like clementines, but you don't like tangerines, and so I hear, what is that? What's I love. The, what's the difference between the two of them? Uh, well, <laughs> the difference between clementines and tangerines. Is the squishiness, and I would prefer the less squishy so piece of fruit versus the and the orbital shape of them. Yeah. One is one is shaped like Saturn, the other one is shaped like the yeah. moon. And, I like it all. And you don't like your celestial like objects mixed up. So this is cool. So one time I was uh, when I was teaching. This is before my seminary days. We were uh, in my class. I was teaching a class on the New Testament. This was yeah. to, to sophomores. This is probably okay. circa uh, two thousand two thousand one. Roger and. We were talking about Pentecost. So Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 2. Today. Uh, yeah, that's what we're celebrating. And so I wanted to do a little experiment. 
So at that time, I had been like actively talking about going to seminary and and my students would be like, no, don't you want to get married or, you know. Like, no. And so uh, I, in my first hour class, sophomores in high school. Oh, you were doing the experiment to I did see a little how quickly experiment. you would go. So I told, I, I told my first hour class, I said, okay, guys, I'm going to tell you something, but like you cannot. Wait, is this a block system? Are there the, four? Yeah, so I have three classes throughout the day. Each of them ninety minutes. So this is like eight a.m. on this on this morning. So I said, "Okay, guys, I'm going to tell you something, but you guys, you cannot tell anybody." <laughs> I said, "I, I know I've been talking a lot about going to seminary, and but uh, but I've met someone, and we're in love. Oh, and you didn't. and we're gonna and we're getting married. Um, but you guys, you guys, please do not like do not tell anyone. People don't really know this." <laughs> Wait, wait, are these freshmen or seniors? Soft, sophomores, sophomores. Sophomores in high school. So I tell them the story. and Did you make up the story? Oh, totally. I was going to seminary. <laughs> I was going to seminary. And, and I tell them. So, so you're going to the seminary, but you lied to them about just to test the waters to uh, see so how I had quickly not, would I had not. I had not yet applied, but I was basically heading in that direction. Okay. And I said, I met someone. We're, we're in love. And... Um, I think, you know, we're, and we're and we're getting married, but you guys, please don't tell anybody. And so, I told them, and then we went about class, uh-huh. and then I didn't tell anyone else. Lunchtime, I had teachers, I had other students. Oh my gosh, Mr. O'Brien, is it true? Like, are you really you're engaged? Like, oh my gosh, that's so great. People hugging me, high fiving me all over all over school, right? <laughs> I had told my little group of 25 sophomores, sophomores, incredible news, right? That's good news. When somebody tells you they're engaged and they're in love, like that's worth celebrating. (laughs) But then I also told them not to tell anybody. But they were, you know, the 15-year-olds that they were. uh, Couldn't contain them. Couldn't contain it. And so I'm guessing what happened immediately. And this was kind of before before everybody had cell phones and all that, uh, that they walked out of the class and immediately started telling people and telling teachers. And so there were teachers especially who were like, I, I can't, one teacher was like, I was kind of, I like, I found out like from a student, are you, in, like, are you engaged? <laughs> and I, uh, anyway, it was hilarious. And it was a good example of what happened at Pentecost. And that was my point. So the next day I said, okay, guys, who here told people? And several of them like the, admitted it. The hands of shame went up. And I said, I told you guys not to tell anybody. I said, well, I have something else to tell you. I'm not engaged. <laughs> I'm not in love. And I'm probably going to the seminary. Uh, I'm in love with the church. Yeah. With Jesus. And, Jesus and has the Holy my heart. Spirit Jesus and the Father. Jesus has my heart. But it was a great example, I think. And, and it, proved, it proved my point uh, that good news travels. It does. Now, bad news travels too, right? Uh-huh. Look at our look at our culture and how and now we call that gossip, right? How quickly when you know something bad about somebody and how quickly it travels. But good news travels. When when you know something and it should travel, right? When you know something Precisely. good has happened or if you know some good quality about another person, tell them and tell other people. Um, and that's the good news of Pentecost. So what happened in, in Acts of the Apostles chapter 2? So last week we talked about the Ascension, which is Acts of the Apostles chapter 1. Remembering Acts of the Apostles is a continuation of the Gospel of Luke. 
Uh, in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, the apostles are together, and the Holy Spirit comes upon them. Um, so that's worth reading. Go go, stop what you're doing and read, unless you're driving, and uh, read Acts chapter 2, because that's the story of Pentecost. And that began the, the outgrowth of the church. Thanks be to God. Indeed. And it made it all the way to Payne County. It made it all the way to Payne County. And beyond. That's pretty incredible. Isn't that amazing? Twelve guys, scared in a room, Holy Spirit... Payne County. Read, read the uh, read the little the gospel from it from the gospel of uh, Luke. Is that what the one we're going to choose? Uh, yes. Oh wait, what? Acts of the Apostles. Acts of the Apostles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. not in the gospel. It, it is in the gospel. Okay, here we Acts go. Of the Apostles. So this is Acts of the Apostles, chapter two, verse one. When the time for Pentecost was fulfilled, they were all in one place together. Okay, so Pentecost. A little, let's do a little. Yeah, talk. yeah. Do a little. Okay, what does so, that mean? So Pentecost is the feast of first fruits. What does it mean? Pente. Pente means five zero. Five. Uh huh. And yep. cost means mucho. <laughs> <laughs> mucho fifty. So Pentecost, the feast of first fruits, when people would bring the first fruits of their harvest to God to offer, and like Cain and Abel, remember tithing. Uh huh. Good stewardship. Ooh, good stewardship. Like like Cain and Abel. Cain kills Abel because Abel's offering to God was beautiful. It was this, the first fruits of his harvest. And so the Feast of Pentecost is that, uh, of which one of my favorite moments in on Pentecost Sunday is when Peter goes out to give his speech and everybody hears what Peter is saying. And their response is to him, they must be drunk. And Peter says back, we're not drunk. It's only 9 a.m., yeah, what is this? An OSU football game? <laughs> so, so this the the Pentecost, the feast of first fruits, the feast of the new wine, the feast of this new intoxicating beautiful gift that after Jesus' ascension comes down upon the world to then spread the joy and the good news of the gospel and the resurrection to the entire world. And like you said, it's something good because just like uh, good wine it brings joy to people's hearts, and people tell each other about it. That's right. And just like the good news of the resurrection and the descent of the Holy Spirit, that it begins to spread like wildfire. Yep. And it goes out to, in Glossias, tongues of fire come down. Glossias, they begin to speak, and people hear it in every language. And that's the beauty of the church. Wherever the church is in the world is all the languages. Mm. Yeah. Go the church out to is, all nations. It's out to all nations. And so it is spoken in every tongue. I love that. Okay, keep going. All right, so verse 1, when the time for Pentecost was fulfilled, they were all together in one place. Verse 2, and suddenly there came from the sky a noise like a strong driving wind, and it filled the entire house in which they were. Okay, so a l- little, little bit. This is fun. I, like I love a little this. Bible like study. A, a little phone is what it says in Greek. A phone, a noise. And it's like a strong driving wind. Phonograph, yeah. Yeah, you have a strong driving wind and you have a fire. So it's like a repeat of the church fathers would say, it's Exodus all over again. Tell me more. Okay, so the church fathers, when they look at these moments, you know, the, when they look at anything in the scriptures, they look back to the Old Testament and say, look at the Old Testament and see how these are a continuation mm-hmm. of these saving actions. So Jesus rises from the dead breaks the bonds of sin and death, frees our first parents from the chains of death, T 
teaches, ascends, the Holy Spirit whoom, comes down upon Ooh. them. And then we have this cloud, the strong driving wind, mm -hmm. and the fire, which did what to the people in Exodus? It led them. It led them, led to them where? out. Out, out of slavery. Out of slavery to where? To freedom, to Egypt. To freedom, to e out of Egypt. Oh, out of Egypt, sorry. To freedom, the promised land. To the promised land. A land flowing with milk and honey. Uh-huh. Or Diet Dr. Pepper and mm. and gnocchis. Maybe not gnocchis. I don't know why I said <laughs> gnocchis. I, I meant to say gummy bears. <laughs> but Ooh, I said gnocchis. Also delicious. So so this is... Now this, that I like. The scene of the Axe of the Apostles. Gummy bears versus asparagus. I choose gummy bears. Uh-huh. Okay, continue. This beautiful scene of the Acts of the Apostles is the new Exodus. And this is the scene of the Exodus. And, and what do they do next? They don't just sit there and be like, hey, let's just hang out here. Verse no. 3. Then there appeared to them tongues as a fire, which Boom. parted and came to rest on each one of them. Verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different tongues as the Spirit enabled them to proclaim. So I love that, that it wasn't, it wasn't some ability they had. Yeah. They were receiving a gift of the Holy Spirit, which is, which is speaking in tongues, which is, which is real, by the way. I think a lot of Catholics are a little skeptical of speaking in tongues, but it's the real deal. It's the real deal. Agreed. You've seen it? Yeah, I've seen it in You've people. It? I've yeah. been on retreats with it's college beautiful. students, yep. and they have just... It's not that they start speaking like Portuguese when they didn't know Portuguese, right. which I think some people have the gift of tongues in languages, but then also the inmost groaning is also yep. a glossa, a tongue, a, a language mm. that can't be comprehended. Mm. Like, I can't speak Russian. It's a language I cannot comprehend. But I have a buddy who speaks Russian and Polish and English and mm. French and German. You're like, how do you do that? Whoa. He says, it's a gift of God, not of me. I okay, like hit that. it. Uh, verse 5, now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven staying in Jerusalem. And then it goes through the list of like, at this the sound, yeah, at this, verse 6, at this sound they gathered in a large crowd, but they were confused because each one heard them speaking in his own language. It's, the, okay, so remember the Tower of Babel. I do. The Tower uh, of Babel 11. did what? Go ahead, tell us about the Tower of Babel. Follow yeah, Tower of Babel is they were, the, the, uh, the people were trying to build a tower they were trying to reach God. But what, what was their what was to, their commonality? Their commonality was one. Oh, they all spoke the same language. Yeah, one yeah. glossia, one language, right. one tongue. And so they tried to build this tower to the sky to reach God, in a sense to kind of become God. Mm -hmm. And God doesn't like that. That's not our place to become God. Yeah, um, that's, the, that's the problem with Genesis. And so he uh, knocks down the tower. And confuses them by by giving that getting them to speak different languages so that well, they would yeah. not be able to work together to build to try to become God. Yeah. So they they have now multiple linguas, multiple tongues, mm -hmm. multiple languages, multiple glosas, so that that can't take place. But then he gives us the church to bring all that into one, mm -hmm. to one body. Okay. Uh, verse 7, they were astounded, and in amazement they asked, are not all these people who are speaking Galileans? Then how do each of us hear them in his own native language? How does each of us hear them in, in his own native language? Verse 9, we are part, then he goes through all these 
of what they of what they are from we every are, nation. We are Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, inhabitants of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the districts of Libya near Cyrene, as well as travelers from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. Yet we hear them speaking in our own tongues of the mighty acts of God. Booyah! They were all astounded and bewildered and said to one another, "What does this mean?" And here's your favorite line. Yeah. But others said, scoffing, oh, they have had too much wine. They have had much, had too much new wine. New wine. New because wine. Yeah. that's the feast of first fruits is that new wine. That you can't put new wine into old wineskins or it'll tear the skins. And Peter's response is... Yeah, verse 15. These people are not drunk, as you suppose, <laughs> for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. I love that. Peter's first proclamation. There he is, the Pope. You know, like, imagine Pope Francis came out on the old uh, edge of the, uh, whatever they call that, St. Peter's Basilica on that little ledge. Yeah. And they say, huh, f- um, whatever his former name was. Uh, uh, <laughs> Jorge, Jorge Mario. Yeah, they like, Bergoglio. Jorge Cardinal... Annuncium vobis gaudium magnum. Abemus papam. We are not drunk. And those yeah. are his first words. Yeah. Peter's oh. first words are, as the, as the, as the leader of the church. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. It's, we're not drunk. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning. Believe us. Yeah, believe us. We're not drunk. And so th- this this incredible, awesome feast of Pentecost. I, I mean, growing up as an Oki and watching um, kind of like, I, I watching TV and seeing like, um, People say, like, they were saying, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. And I was like, if that's the Holy Spirit, I don't want nothing to do with it. And as I've grown and, you know, I'm meeting the Holy Spirit as a person. Remember, we're talking about the third person, the most holy trinity. Seeing these beautiful gifts and the fruits that come with it, come with the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit, which is then these... How many gifts do you think they are, Father O'Brien? There's one gift, which is the Holy Spirit, and then there are, mm. let me let me give you some options. A, nine. B, two. I'm just going to read them C, for you. C, seven. Or D, C. eight. I'm just going to read them for you. Did I repeat some of those? Galatians chapter five. I like to give Galatians five as a penance in the confessional. Really? I do. For all crimes against humanity? No, 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 no. Just because I think sometimes, I think especially you hear a lot, um, you hear uh, a lot that there, people who are lacking, I, and let, let me, I'll give you an example, like patience, right? So you hear mm-hmm. somebody say, um, I just am so impatient with my spouse or with this dude at work or my kids or um, that patience uh, and I like to say patience is not something that comes naturally to us. So I would say to them, uh, I would say, okay, so now this person, there's this person at work that annoys the crud out of you. Um, you know they're going to be there, right? You know you're going to go into this meeting. You know you're going to have this interaction with them. What if right before you went into that meeting with this person who annoys you or your child who is on your nerves, what if you said, come Holy Spirit, Give me the gift of patience. Enliven in me the fruit of patience, which is one of the gifts of uh, one of the fruits. One of the fruits, fruits of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Not a gift. Not Let a me gift. correct Not your a, heresy. No, no. I was. I corrected myself. G- give us the gifts. All right. So Matthew, excuse me, Galatians chapter five. Uh, this is starting at verse Coming 19. from the prophet Isaiah. He's pulling this from the prophet Isaiah. But if you are guided by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are obvious. So he starts out with the works of the flesh. Yeah, yeah. 
immorality, impurity, licentiousness, great word, idolatry, sorcery, hatreds, rivalry, jealousy, outbursts of fury. That'd be a great name for a band. (laughs) Acts of selfishness, dissensions, factions, occasions of envy, drinking bouts, orgies, and the like. Dang, that's a list. All right. And then the... So that's the, the, these desires of the flesh. Okay. And the desires of the spirit are... In contrast, this is verse 22, in contrast, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Okay. So ask yourself, just personally, as, as, as we're celebrating Pentecost, are you lacking any of those? Patience. If you're listening to this, patience. What are you What are you lacking, right? Uh, and patience. I think for some of us, it's at different different times of day and different, right? Are you a person who is joyful? If not, Pentecost, what a great yeah, like is as, not a fruit as Pope of Francis all. says, like why Why are there so many Christians who walk around like it's always Lent and never Easter? Or they they're like eating Sour Patch Kids. Yeah, he calls I don't them think sour the, pusses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, are you lacking in love? And maybe you're not, you maybe say, of course I'm not lacking in love. I love my kids. Well, what about your worst enemy? Are you lacking? Padre Pio, who said, you only love God as much as you love the person you love the least. <gasps> I hate that. That makes me so mad. <laughs> so are you lacking in love? Are you lacking in joy? Are you lacking in peace? Are you lacking in patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, general self-control? I mean, I think, you know, we hear a lot, you know, hear people kind of who have struggle with um, chastity or struggle with like a, a kind of a, a bad mouth, you know, it's just, those are, those are issues of self-control. Uh, yeah. What about inviting the Holy Spirit into those moments where your self-control is typically kind of gets the best of you? Yeah. Hey, precisely. And so those are fruits of the Spirit, that where the Spirit is present, those things are present as well. And so why not, why are we not inviting the Holy Spirit into our lives more and more every day? The person. Yeah, and it's not a thing. It's a person. Yeah. If we were to say Jesus is a thing, oh, he's a great thing. (laughs) No, he's a person, right? When we say that that God in the Trinity, which is coming, the the solemnity of the Holy Trinity coming up, that God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three persons. One God, three persons. Mm -hmm. So those are the fruits. Mm -hmm. And then the gift of the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. that we're going to receive at Pentecost. You know, say Thomas Aquinas. I love Thomas. Now, Thomas, when he talks about the gifts, and you can find them in the Summa. Just Google, like, Summa, gifts of the Holy Spirit. And in New Advent's got it, the first part of the second part of uh, the Summa. And in his, uh, in his writing about the gifts, what do you think he says? Do you think he says that the gift of the Holy Spirit is necessary for our salvation? I'm going to say yes. Really? Why? Why do you think it is? Because he's got an well, if answer. If you don't have the Holy most... Spirit, you don't have you don't have God in His completeness. Okay, you wouldn't have God in His completeness. Give me another answer. Uh, because with the gifts, I'm speculating here, but like, but yeah, with the gifts come come faith. Okay, faith. Okay, I, this line I've I've Tell always me. loved, and I looked it up. It's in his. I answer that he says. N- now, man's reason is perfected by God in two ways. Whoa. The gifts are the perfection of man whereby he is disposed so as to be amiable 
to the promptings of God. Wherefore, in those matters where the promptings of reason is not sufficient, and there is need for the prompting of the Holy Ghost, there is in consequence the need for a gift. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Like he says, this is the perfection of the human person. Like, w- yes, virtue, the, you know, he goes through that whole section of, uh, that's the first question. Uh, and then he says, now, do we need the gifts? The gifts of the Holy Spirit? Yes, we need, yes. We need the Holy Spirit and the gifts for, as he says, the perfection of man and woman. Not just like so that we can go about life doing good things or that we can be kind to our neighbor. No, these are the perfection of the human person. So let me read out the gifts. Okay, hit it. And then maybe we could we could talk a little bit about maybe I don't know if we'll have time for each I'm gonna one. Give, I'm gonna give you a, a, a link. Okay, so here are the gifts. These are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Wisdom. As St. Thomas would say, both knowledge of and judgment about divine things. The ability to judge and direct human affairs according to divine truth. Check it off. Top of the list. Numero uno. Wisdom. The second is understanding. Pow. Penetrating insight into the very heart of things, especially those higher truths that are necessary for our eternal salvation. In effect, the ability, understanding is the ability to see God. The ability to see God. Uh And there's a lot that we could say about this. Counsel. That's C-O-U-N-S-E-L. Not like council, like the city. Not laying on a couch. The city council. Oh. Council. Allows a man to be directed by God in matters necessary for his salvation. Okay. All right, we need that. Fortitude. So we've covered wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude. Fortitude, which is also a virtue. St. Thomas would say denotes a firmness of mind in doing good and avoiding evil. Right? The first rule of the moral law. Do good, avoid evil. Particularly when it's difficult or dangerous to do so, and the confidence to overcome all obstacles, even deadly ones, by virtue of the assurance of everlasting life. So that perseverance in the faith. Martyrion. He says, I'm going to make you witnesses to all nations. I'm yep. going to make you martyrs, martyrions to all nice. nations. You need fortitude for that. The next gift of the Holy Spirit, knowledge. The ability to judge correctly about matters of faith and right action so as to never wander from the path of justice. From the path of giving to God and his due. Uh-huh. Yep. So the okay. ability to judge correctly, all right? Got it. Piety. Piety. Really? A lot of times that has a negative, like, oh, he's super pious, right? <laughs> Piety is revering God with filial affection, paying worship and duty to God, paying due duty to all men on account of their relationship to God. Uh, from Latin, pietas denotes the reverence that we give to our Father and to our country. Since God is the Father of all, the worship of God is also piety. So that we worship, that we're worshiping yeah. God, but also paying respect to our brothers and sisters, in that they ha- also have a relationship with God. So it's not just me and Jesus. And they're made in the God's image and likeness. That's right. And then finally, ooh, fear of God. Whoa. It, at one point in time, it was like awe. Like, yeah, wow. awe, reverence, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I like so, fear of the Lord. Fear of God. Yeah, fear of God. Um, the cha- filial or chaste fear, whereby we revere God and avoid separating ourselves from him. So it's different than like what, he, what Thomas would say is servile fear, whereby we fear punishment. So it's not like, oh God, you're you're, you're gonna you know you're gonna damn me to hell. It's not. It's it is. It's an it's an awe. It's a reverence. Yeah. Um, that I God is so good and so wonderful and so marvelous. I never want to do anything to separate myself from Him. Yeah. You can read 
Thomas's Summa Theologi, Theologico, yes. Theologico, yeah. Theolo- so there's good, there's okay. great stuff. Or you can just Google uh, this this priest, um, Father Peter John Cameron, wrote a document for the Knights of Columbus, and it breaks out each of these and the gifts. So if you want to do some summer reading, like Father O'Brien, you're having all those classes at St. Francis on I different am. things. If you want to do some summer reading, print it off. And just go through one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And as you're praying the novena, like there's one on EWTN, the novena, and it's got different things of like the, mm-hmm. the gifts. Start growing an intellectual knowledge. You can start asking for these things. Love it. Yeah. And when all else fails, a beautiful prayer. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. And kindle in my heart the fire of your love. Yeah. Even uh, get the hymn. Uh, Come, Holy Spirit. Ghost, Creator Blessed. You owe me pho for that. And remember, in our remember, hearts, uh, and in our hearts, take up thy rest. Come, Holy Spirit. We're the pastors of pain. We're grateful you've joined us. Uh, happy and blessed Pentecost. It's to an awesome all of day you. to be alive. And uh, we look forward to uh, being with you in the very, very near future. Come, Holy Spirit. Pray for us. God bless you.